0: Welcome to Sweet Tea and Strategy, a podcast by Ackerman Marketing and PR, featuring business and community leaders throughout Tennessee, talking about issues and trends of importance to our state and beyond, and sharing some of their very best sweet tea recipes and tea sipping and stories. I'm Kathy Ackerman, and I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Philip Odom, President of Tennessee Tech University, to our podcast today. Uh, before we talk about Tennessee Tech, though, I would love to spend just a minute or two hearing any sweet tea stories that you might want to share, Dr. Odom. Uh, did you grow up on sweet tea, acquire a later in life taste for it, or maybe even not like it in spite of being here in the South?
1: Oh, no, I am a Southern boy. If if, <laughs> if I if I get cut, I bleed sweet tea. So well, yeah, there, you it's, go. It's, there you go. Yeah, I, 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 and I am the sweet tea maker at my house. I can't I don't know. I must make a gallon a day because everybody goes through it.
0: Wow. So you're a, a true aficionado of, of sweet tea and you even make it and your family loves it.
1: Yeah, you got You got to sweeten it while it's still warm. That's the trick.
0: That's, we keep hearing that, but that's the real yeah. key to the best sweet tea. But anyway, thanks for, for sharing that with us. Um, I'd like to. Well, just, I, I'll,
1: give, I'll give you another one real quick. Okay. So my, my background, I'm a, I'm a chemist. So I taught chemistry for uh, a long time. <laughs> and uh, that's the way I used to teach uh, my students about solubility is because is, in the south you can use sweet tea as a good example because everybody drank it so I told them you can't sweeten it while it's cold because uh, it's not as the sugar's not as soluble when it's cold as when it's hot so Perfect. they understand they understood that concept real quick <laughs>
0: to to teach more chemistry like that, maybe kids would be even more interested in it if it was related to food. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for indulging us on that that little topic. Um, I'd like to turn now to the more serious topic of higher education. And first, tell us your most important priorities and challenges in overseeing and directing the activities of over, I think it's over 10,000 university students now. And maybe approach your answer to the question initially from an overall, quote, normalized standpoint, And then from a pandemic-specific standpoint, because I think we really cannot ignore the fairly drastic changes that higher education is having to face right now as we speak.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. That's that's a great question. And there's a lot of layers to to that, obviously. But let me just start from, you know, under normal circumstances, higher education today is so vitally important. Um, We know that uh, the bulk of new jobs being created uh, require extended education, uh, so s- graduates with a, a bachelor's degree or more of higher education have a much better career potential uh, in the future than, than those that don't. Uh, career earnings are significantly higher, uh, and so, and, and, and for large part, it doesn't matter much what you study, interestingly enough, you know, college graduates just on general do a lot better, have, Uh, They tend to live longer, they make more money, uh, their quality of life is better. So it's vitally important. It's probably more important now than ever uh, Mm -hmm. to continue education. Uh, But, you know, what you hear so much in the media today is how relevant is it? Right. Does it really lead to uh, a good job, a good career? Uh, We know the cost of higher education, uh, particularly private higher education. Is unapproachable for some in our society, and that's that's uh, that's sad. So one thing that we try to do here at Tennessee Tech is to ensure that it's it's approachable, it's affordable uh, for anybody, uh, anybody that uh, has the ability and interest in pursuing higher education. We want to make it available to them. So uh you know accessibility is a big part of what we do at tennessee tech it's very important for higher education in general to be accessible and affordable and and not to saddle graduates with a lifetime of student loan debt in order to achieve it so uh, the value proposition is very important but it also you know it needs to lead to something tangible uh and so you know Uh, the matching or the uh, lining up of of academic programs with career opportunities becomes even more important because of the investment that's being made by students and their families. So I think in general you see higher education uh, beginning to do a much better job of that and trying to align academic programs with career opportunities and and to ensure that students graduates have uh, maximum flexibility in their careers, because we also know that, uh, for example, the average college graduate today is expected to change careers about eight times in their life. So what they're what they're studying in college, and even what they're doing maybe the first four or five years out of college, is probably not what they're going to be doing five years later, ten years later, or certainly by the time they're at retirement age. Right. So they've got to be agile, they've got to be flexible, and, and we need to help prepare them for that kind of life. So, you know, th- that's really what we do uh, to a large extent. Now, under these circumstances with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, it makes all that probably uh, just much more enhanced and and uh, much more challenging in some ways, uh, you know, to to try to do all that while at the same time maximizing flexibility in in course offering so that students can can engage either in person or online as as necessary depending on their personal circumstances and health conditions mm-hmm. so you know you know giving options using technology to the fullest extent uh, to maximize those opportunities and the flexibility and but it's it's a challenge. We feel good about it right now. Uh, we we have about a third of our about a third of our courses are fully online. About a third are uh, pretty traditional in person, and then that middle third is sort of hybrid. It's got some online and some in person, and and the 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 students that are on campus. We have most all of our 10,000 students on campus right now, and and they're all uh, really doing a great job. Uh, practicing social distancing and wearing face masks and uh, you know keeping their uh, uh, hands washed and all the things that you would expect under these conditions. So we we're really proud of them, and we're proud of the effort the faculty and support staff have done to prepare the campus for this kind of situation.
0: Right. You know, I was um, asked several years ago when I was giving a talk to uh, students in the marketing communications area to uh, address the topic of whether they needed to have a degree in that particular discipline to come to work for a company like ours and the answer that i gave was a resounding no i mean they need to know the basic things that we do for our clients all day every day and much of that we can we can teach uh, sort of on the spot but what, what I really look for, what we really look for in hiring college graduates are people who can think strategically and who have the ability to be flexible and to uh, not be fearful of sort of going into new challenging areas and activities that they've never done before. So I think that that's one of the most valuable things that higher education teaches students is, is just how to sort of move forward in the world and be a contributor to that world in whatever career they choose. And knowing that people do change seven or eight times sometimes in the course of their career, uh, figuring out how that critical thinking skill can take the things that they've learned into maybe totally different career uh, options for them later, I think is very important. So I'm, I'm tracking completely with what you're saying there.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. We, you know, we use as a motto here at Tennessee Tech, because we're the we're the Golden Eagles. That's our mascot, the Golden Eagle. And
0: what a great mascot!
1: So, so we we kind of play off of that, and we, we talk about uh, our graduates, our students being bold, fearless, yes. and confident. Yes. Uh, just like the eagle. Now we've added to it, particularly in this situation, to be kind.
0: Yes. Uh, oh,
1: kindness. Kindness is so important. And you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter how smart you are, or how good you are. You know, uh, kindness probably gets you further than anything Absolutely. in this world. So uh, that's, that's what we teach and that's what we try to live by.
0: So in terms of your communication strategies these days and your challenges in particular during COVID-19, uh, do you find yourself communicating more than you ever have before with students? And, and I guess with their parents as well, who may be concerned about safety on campus and issues like that, what are you doing in particular to try to communicate or over communicate or make sure that people feel comfortable with the the route that you're taking knowing that it is probably going to change between now and the end of this year
1: yeah it, it's it's taking a an already difficult environment to communicate in to a even higher level of difficulty quite honestly and right you know college campuses are possibly uh, you know this is your field not mine but but I would say college campuses are probably one of the most difficult communities to communicate with because it's, it's so spread out. It's so diverse. Uh, you know, everybody's smart. It's not a, it's not a question of intelligence, right? Uh, but they're all busy and they're all engaged. And so they're not necessarily paying attention all the time to every little thing and they get inundated with information. Right. And so, they they're pretty good at filtering out things that they're not interested in at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. So, true. And so,
1: and, and so communication is extremely difficult and I can assure you uh, my background as a chemist did not prepare me for that part of the responsibilities of this job.
0: Right. And and your multi, multi audiences are probably difficult as well. You're probably yep. hearing more from parents than you used to hear from parents and needing
1: Absolutely. And, and and every every audience hears it a little differently. Exactly. You, you can say the same thing to different audiences, and, and they take it totally different. And sure. so I, I don't know that you can over communicate. Uh, I don't. I, don't I, I agree with you. I, I just don't think that's possible. Now, a lot of times I feel like I am because I, I I find myself repeating the same message over and over again, and I think surely somebody's getting bored with hearing this because I'm getting bored saying it. Uh, but I just don't think it's possible. And, and, uh, so, you know, we try to use multiple venues, multiple avenues of communication, you know, uh, different ways of, of written communication. I've, I've probably produced more video messages in the last, uh, few months than, uh, than I have in the rest of my career put together. Yes. Uh, Cause I think in this environment in particular, uh, although sometimes things in writing are very powerful. Mm-hmm. In this environment, uh, I think people want to hear it uh, sort of from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Right. You know, they they want to they hear it directly from me. And, and, and as you see, know- it,
0: They want to see you while you're talking. They want to see how absolutely. you're, you're there's so
1: Absolutely. There's so much nonverbal communication
0: yes. that
1: takes place. Uh, so the tone and uh, body language can make a big difference. So you know but but being honest and forthright and earnest mm-hmm. sincere, I mean those are all very important aspects of this overall communication,
0: right, and being consistent too, I mean, I think within a changing world, things are are pivoting so quickly in some areas it's it's good to have a consistent voice who comes back to your basic principles and your basic driving forces and just and
1: and that, and this is right you know. now, this current situation makes that more challenging because the the environment keeps moving a little bit.
0: Exactly. And
1: exactly. so, you know, what the, the message you might have today may need to change even by tomorrow or the next day. And and so how do you how do you communicate and keep everybody up to date without losing some credibility exactly. in the process? Exactly. It's it's a challenge.
0: I think you really hit the nail on the head from a communications challenge standpoint. Let me go back to something you said a few minutes ago in terms of your comparatively low student debt. What what enables you to be able to do that?
1: Well there's there's several factors, some some of which we have some control over and some quite honestly we're, we're just fortunate uh, because we don't have much control over it. The, the things we have control over is one, keeping the cost down. Uh, so to try to keep tuition increases at a minimum and certainly maximize value at the same time because the it it is a value proposition it, you know we could we could theoretically reduce costs to zero but nobody would want a degree from a, a right. university like that because it wouldn't be worth anything right and so it's it's all about maximizing the the value proposition and making sure that the quality is is uh worth more in the in the end than the cost up front. Right. Right. So, so that's that's the area we try to be in. So you know, can pays off for, for students. Uh and but the, the, those are the things we have some control over. Uh the things we don't really have any control over, but we're blessed is that we, we tend to attract students at Tennessee Tech uh that have really in good intrinsic value systems mm-hmm. in place they they seem to know the value of a dollar they uh they don't take on unnecessary student debt mm-hmm. they they really focus in general on uh, what they want to get out of college and they try to do it as quickly as possible mm-hmm. uh, so they don't they don't linger or, or our four and five-year graduation rates continue to go up. Uh, one of the one of the biggest ways to reduce cost, in fact, probably the biggest way to reduce cost of an education is to is to graduate sooner. Right. Uh, so for ev- we know for every uh, semester that we reduce the time to a degree, that's at least ten thousand dollars worth of savings to the student. Right. Uh, And so it is substantial. So we do everything we can to expedite the process so that students can graduate as quickly as possible uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, and move on to other parts of their life. So some of that we can control the, the parts about, you know, how much I mean, they could they could actually be qualified to take on more student loan debt than they do. Uh, but they choose with, I think, to some extent with good counseling on our part, uh, but with all, also, you know, a good sense of values from their, that they bring with them to the campus uh, that says, I, you know, I'm not going to take on any additional debt uh, because I just have to pay it back later and and I want to graduate with uh, the least amount possible. So it, it's, it's really a pretty, pretty good environment here for that right now.
0: Well, and it sounds like a lot of it has to do with, with appropriate matching of this type of student to the type of education that is found at Tennessee Tech. I know that you have a, a very enviable retention rate in, in terms of your student population. So is there anything you're doing there that goes beyond what we've just talked about that keeps students there for the duration?
1: Well, there's a lot that goes into uh, decisions students make to, to stay in school or to leave school. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've studied it a lot of We've studied it here i've, I've worked at two other campuses uh, where we studied it as well um, you know there's certainly academic reasons students drop out there's there's financial reasons there's there's personal family related reasons and so you know depending on what your situation is on your campus at the time it, it can vary on how you approach that now, but one of the actually one of the simplest and and most uh Dramatic things that we've done here at Tennessee Tech, and and we've implemented on other campuses where I've been, is, is simply uh, encouraging freshmen to go to class.
0: Oh, interesting. That it, seems it, so it, simple. It's,
1: it's that simple. Uh, stu- students students uh, that miss uh, at least no more than two classes in the first six weeks of the fall semester are at risk of of lower grades, lost scholarships, and dropping out of school. Wow. You know, it, it's very dramatic. So so we have a very simple program where we we try to identify students early on that uh, are are dropping off in class attendance mm-hmm. and we just uh, we try to do a very simple intervention It's nothing uh, nothing very dramatic but just a, a quick approach to those students, reminding them how important it is to go to class and and generally speaking, you, you can expect about about half of those contacted will change that behavior and uh, be retained at a higher level and have higher grades. Um, and better scholarships. They graduate on time and it's, it's really that simple. Go to class.
0: Wow, that's, that's very interesting. So with the higher education <laughs> ecosystem, if you will, now populated with almost every size and shape of institution, public, private, Religiously affiliated, specialty area focused, online, virtual, etc. How would you describe Tennessee Tech's place within that sort of ever-growing, ever-changing landscape of higher education? Yeah, that's a
1: really good question too. The, the, okay, so the way I describe it, higher education is a very competitive marketplace. Yes, that's, that's another way of saying what you just you just commented on. It's it's very diverse. Uh-huh. It's uh, there are different institutions. So I mean, we're really blessed, particularly here in, in the United States, that students have a lot of options. Uh, they can choose a private school, they can choose a public institution, large, small, medium. Uh, uh, you know, they can pick the environment they want to go to. Uh, for the most, it's a free market, so students largely uh, vote with their feet. Mm-hmm. They They go to the campus that they're uh, attracted to. And and I often tell students that that universities have personalities a lot like people do. Mm-hmm. And so you want to, you want to find one that matches your personality that, right. that is a good fit for you. So in terms of Tennessee Tech, uh, I, I realize I'm biased, but I think Tennessee Tech's personality uh, as a campus fits a lot of students. It, it's a, it's a, we have a unique personality that is warm, friendly, welcoming. Uh, Size-wise, I like to say that we're we're big enough to be meaningful, but small enough to be personal. Right. And so, it it it, it feels good to a lot of students. Now, I'm not so uh, biased or naive to think that it's it's the best fit for everybody. It's not, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, we think it's a great fit for a lot of students.
0: You're hitting on some things that seem simple, but they and they're really very intuitive. But a lot of people overlook. I mean, it's in in the world of marketing, you have to know your customer. You have to know the most likely person to resonate to your message and buy your product or service. And it sounds like you all have done a great job of that that matchmaking and that uh, giving students an opportunity when they set foot on your campus to ex- experience who you really are. So that's that's great.
1: Yeah, part of that is. I mean, we like to say that that. Tennessee Tech is real. We, we, we provide a real education for real people who want a real career. Uh, And so it's, it's tangible. It's practical. uh, It's very approachable and and comfortable. And that's the niche we want to be in.
0: And you're very highly ranked consistently, I think, for your engineering and business programs. Are there some things you're doing there that are particularly noteworthy that you want to mention?
1: Well, both of those programs and, and many others on campus are very innovative, they're, uh, they, they're cutting edge. We got outstanding faculty in all these disciplines. Uh, you were probably most known for our engineering programs. It's the largest college on campus, and we have uh, almost 3,000 students in engineering. We, we produce about uh, about 25% of the engineers for the state of Tennessee annually. Really? Uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's sort of our signature group of programs, but but uh, as you indicated, we've got really uh, significantly uh, significant programs with high reputations in business, in in nursing, in education, uh, in arts and sciences, uh, really across the board. In fact, one of our one of our best programs it's 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 fairly small relatively, but. It's, it's an outstanding program and that's in uh, art and music. We have a uh, College of Fine Arts that uh, I would say rivals uh, what you would find at any, any large major university.
0: So we think Tennessee tech the future of higher education and adapting to the world that we live in, whether it's technology driven or more online education, new subject matter, maybe that we haven't even heard of that we'll be teaching in five years. Do you, how do you look into the future and, and envision what Tennessee tech will be like in about five years?
1: You know, I think, I think we'll be larger, not a lot, but we'll be, we'll be larger than we are now. Enrollment wise, we will be, uh, we will be recognized to a greater extent for the the scholarly product, the publications, the the uh, the research that's produced from the campus that that is very tangible, that makes a difference in people's lives. Uh, I think I think that will uh, grow and change over the next few years as well.
0: I know that you personally have been pretty involved in local and regional economic development efforts in your area. What do you believe is a university's Proper role, if you will, and even responsibility to its surrounding
1: community. Well, I, I think, uh, particularly for a public university, uh, mm-hmm. you, you've got to you've got to grow and make a difference where you're planted. Uh, that's where it starts. Uh, I mean, we have we have aspirations of being nationally recognized in all of our disciplines, but but it starts where we live, and that's in this case, it's here in Cookville, Putnam County, the Upper Cumberland. You know really we have an obligation to the entire state of tennessee as well but but we really we got to impact the local environment to the fullest extent and and as we do that and we get better at that then that national reputation grows as well so i think it starts here but but how you do that predominantly particularly in the world today is is it's all about talent You know, what drives economies today it's not it's not it's not tax breaks, it's not uh, incent, financial incentives it's not even land or buildings. Right. All, the, all those things are important but the great differentiator is talent the availability of talent yes. and yes. and universities like Tennessee Tech are are the are the manufacturing facility for talent we we have the talent we produce the talent we we identify and develop talent, and so you know future economic growth, uh, you know, right. has to have that right. kind of lifeline. So really, by connecting with with uh, job makers, job creators, whatever the area is, and and showcasing how they are able to access that uh, amount and quality of talent is key for economic development of the of the region Absolutely. and the
0: state. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Dr. Odom, as we start to wrap things up today, is there anything that you want to talk about that we have not mentioned that you'd like for people to know about the college or about your vision?
1: Well, I think we've hit on most of everything. One thing I'll, I'll just follow up on what we just discussed in terms of the local impact. We, we initiated a, uh, we took on a grand challenge for the campus uh, over the last couple of years. That's, that's a big problem, big set of problems that some campuses have decided to take on to, to marshal resources and interest on campus from students and faculty uh, to try to solve some real problems. In our case, we, we identified uh, rural communities as the focus. So we, we launched what we call uh, Rural Reimagined. And, and we talk a lot about uh, Gen R, Generation R for Generation Rural. What, what is the future of rural America, particularly here in Middle Tennessee, gonna look like? And how do you how do you address the all the various challenges in rural communities, whether it's economic challenges or educational barriers or health care, uh, child care, uh, you know, you can go down the long list, transportation, any number of things. And we have we have expertise and interest and quite honestly some some sweat equity that we can invest in these rural communities to help address some of these challenges. Not not to go into these communities and solve the problems unilaterally, but to work with them to identify what their vision is and what we could do to help them reach that vision. So it's exciting. and we've, we've got a lot of students involved, engaged in that, and it's continuing to grow and, and take on a life of its own.
0: What a, what a fabulous program and what great real work experience that you're giving to your students. We uh, thank you so much for joining us on Sweet Tea and Strategy. We appreciate your time and your dedication to what you're doing to help students prepare for their life journey. So thank you again, Dr. Oden, for being with us on Sweet Tea and Strategy.
1: Thank you. Wings up.